Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Ireland's Birth Stories, a podcast created for women to share their experiences with pregnancy and birth. My name is Cora Gernon and I've created this space to enable women to share their experiences from start to finish without feeling shy about the detail. As you know, the podcast is currently sponsored by Waterfall. For the month of December, Waterfall are spreading some Christmas cheer by giving away a six-month supply of wipes each for you and a friend. So to be in with the chance of winning, follow Waterfall's Instagram page, Waterfall Baby Wipes, which I will link in the show notes. And make sure to tag your friend on the post that I put up the other day on the Ireland's Birth Stories page. Winner will be announced on Instagram. Good luck. And don't forget that Waterfall baby wipes contain just two simple ingredients and 99.9% purified water. Waterfall baby wipes are 100% plastic free, 100% biodegradable and 100% compostable. Breaking down in a matter of weeks, they are the best choice for your baby's skin and for the planet. The wipes very recently won the best new product um, with the Mums and Tots Awards after only a few months on the shelves, which is amazing. And they're definitely on track to win a lot more awards in 2022. So make sure to go over, follow the Instagram page, which I have tagged in the show notes, and make sure to tag your friends over on my own page. Good luck. In this week's episode, I share my chat with Luca and she talks me through her two pregnancies and births. Luca was repeatedly scanned um, at about 36 weeks. They thought she had a specific scan because I thought there was a lot of waters. Um, so she does She does mention it was 26 weeks in the episode, but it's not, it was 36 weeks. Um, she did end up giving birth to her little girl. It was an unmedicated vaginal birth and she shares all the details there. So when her little girl was 11 months old, um, Luca discovered that she was pregnant with baby number two. It was a huge shock because she was actually on the mini pill. So it wasn't necessarily planned, but she talks us through the feelings that went with that shock and how it subsided once she started to feel those little kicks in her tummy of her growing baby. So she gave birth to her second daughter via emergency C-section. So when she was examined, the midwife could feel her baby sucking her finger. So her face was um, basically coming first. So it was facial presentation. So it was uh, a huge emergency just to get her down to theatre basically and she did have to go under a full general anaesthetic I'll let her tell you why and share all those details so thank you Luca for sharing I know it's not easy to revisit um 
parts of her story that could be, you know, tough, especially as she did give birth during COVID as well. So she felt it was a bit, it was tough going on the wards and the women did have to really kind of look after each other, which although it is hard, it's, quite, it's kind of nice to hear that there is that support amongst women in numbers. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and thank you, Luca, for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. I will chat to you next week. Luca, you are very welcome to Ireland's Birth Stories podcast. Thank you very much. If you want to just begin by giving us a little introduction to you and your lovely family. Yeah, so I'm Luca. I am 26 and I have two kids, um, Evie, who is two, and Remy, who is nearly eight months, and um, my partner, Stephen, and we live in Wexford. Gorgeous names. Thank you. So let's talk talk about your pregnancies. Yeah, we'll dive straight yeah. in if you want to talk about your, your first pregnancy. Yeah, so um, it was kind of planned, kind of not planned. Um, we had came home from Australia um, and we kind of spoken about it. And we said, right, we'll just give it a go. Like I was on the pill for so many years. So I thought maybe it might take uh, a while. Um, so we, I came off the pill and... That was grand, and I had never got a period. Um, you know, my cycle hadn't kickstarted after I came off the bill, so okay. I thought grand. Um, and then one day we went for dinner, and I said, "Oh, I'm just not feeling great." And um, so we went to Boots, and we got two pregnancy tests, and went home, and lo and behold, they came back pregnant. So um, my partner could not believe it. So we went and we got the digital uh, or the clear blue ones and to see how far. Expensive ones. Expensive <laughs> ones, yeah. And uh, we went home and we uh, done them and it said three plus weeks. So I had no okay. idea how far along I was really like, you know. So um went to the GP and um, she kind of figured I was about six weeks or so. Um, so that would have been the end, the, the start of December 2019. And so that was grand. Um, I started um, getting really sore boobs, like like the next day after I found out. Um, and they were just unbelievable, unbelievably sensitive. I couldn't even hold them up at the shower or anything. And um, then the nausea started maybe a week later or so, but it wasn't it wasn't bad at all. I, I once I had a stash of crackers or rice cakes or whatever in my bag, I was grand. Um, I did only get sick once. Um, and then that left at about 13, 14 weeks, maybe. And then I felt absolutely grand the the rest of the pregnancy then. And um, we booked a private scan at seven weeks um, just to make sure everything was OK. And then we booked in for the gender um, scan. Actually, no, we didn't. Um, we booked in for the well-being scan, I think it's called, at 15, 16 weeks. And we said we didn't want to find out. So we left it as a surprise. I had enrolled with the uh, Domino scheme um, as we were okay. living in Bray at the time. Um, it was super handy. They had a clinic just down the road from us. So I was able to hop in and out from um, my GP and the midwives in Bray. So it was so handy. 
they discussed, you know, um, the care and whether or they promote, like, not promote, but natural birth, I suppose, and all that. So then at about 21 weeks, we had our bigs and uh, the midwife said, oh, would you like to find out what you're having? And we just looked at each other and we just said, yeah, go for it. So we found out we were having a little girl then. So we were delighted. And then it was kind of plain sailing from then on. I went in at about 27 weeks with reduced movement. And I stayed overnight uh, because she was not playing ball whatsoever. Um, And they had said that she was measuring a little bit big at, at that time. So I had done the glucose test previously as well, but they wanted me to do it again and to go for a scan the next day. So I stayed in and they done a scan and they had said that there was fluids around the baby's uh, stomach or something. I don't, I wasn't 100% sure on what she actually meant. So I got the other test done for the gestational diabetes and it came back grand. So then they were kind of worried that she was on the bigger side and they um, gave me another scan then at about 20 eight weeks and a bit and they said oh she might be fine she might be grand so so what were they telling you what were they would they they were doing scans what were they looking for anything or they just saying she's just a she's just a big baby there was one midwife in particular in the um who done the scan and she was quite young she was a bit standoff she was a bit rude and I hadn't really got a clue what she meant but she was like oh I'm actually seeing a bit of an issue here there seems the baby's stomach seems to be um enlarged or there was extra fluid or something and I I got a bit panicked then and she said oh could you be assigned a gestational diabetes and I said and I had mentioned that I had already been tested for it and it came back negative and uh, she said oh well we'll send you for it again so I done the test again and it came back negative then. So she was like, oh, she might just be a big baby. Okay. And I kind of left that scan being a bit unsure. Mm. I didn't know where I could kind of stood or I didn't really understand what she was saying. And she was a bit standoffish. She was a bit rude. So I kind of just left it at that. Um, and then on the Monday, so I would have, been due the the following day so this was the 29th of July and um, I went in for a checkup and there was a lovely domino midwife there and she checked me and she said Asher don't be silly Um, sometimes the weight is totally off you know you I wouldn't worry about it so she gave my tummy a feel and she said she doesn't feel overly big and um she said oh I can offer you a sweep because you're due tomorrow and I said yeah okay grand so she gave me a sweep and she said oh yeah like your cervix is favorable and she said I'm sure we'll see you here in the next 48 hours and I thought oh no way I'm definitely gonna go over so we had actually moved to Wexford in the meantime as well um so we came all the way back home and We had dinner and felt grand. I thought, oh, sure, we won't be back up now for another 10 days or so. And um, went to bed. That was grand. 
And at quarter past two, I moved sides in the bed and I just felt a big pop. <laughs> and I woke uh, Stephen up and he doesn't knew straight away. He hopped out of bed. I'd never seen him get out of bed so fast. And he ran in and got a towel super quick and um, had a shower and um, got into fresh clothes and rang and said, like, we're and now we're in a bit away. So do you mm. want us to come in now or, or hold off or whatever? And she said, oh, you may as well come in and we'll give you a check over. And if you're, you're more than welcome to stay instead of traveling home. So, oh, yeah. So we got and got checked in and they checked me um, in this like corridor kind of place. It was like outside a room, but it would just had a curtain and the hallway was just there. And it was the most non-private place I'd ever been. And um, a midwife checked me and she said, oh, you're about one centimetre. But I was kind of getting slight contractions uh, from the minute that my waters went, but they weren't intense at all. Then she handed me over to the domino midwives then and they came and had a chat with me. And I was kind of getting contractions maybe every four or five minutes, but they were not lasting that long. So um, I could cope, um, but not, they weren't, like I couldn't sleep or anything between them, but I was grand, I was coping. And then at about seven, eight o'clock, they checked me again and there was still no progress. So again, I was up and down, I was walking, I was on the ball, I sat on the birthing stool as well. I ask you a question. Yeah. Did you do any, attend any classes or do any preparation? So did you know what was going on at different stages and were you kind of as prepared as you can be first time around for what was happening? Yeah, we both went to the three antenatal classes that the Domino uh, scheme um, offered. So it was um, a breastfeeding one, a, I think it's the first stages of labor and then the final stage and afterwards and they go through um different uh pain relief and you know stuff like that um and the woman who was giving them was absolutely brilliant like she was so informative she was so friendly she literally done like all the actions and stuff you know like different positions different breastfeeding positions you know she showed us everything she spoke about um you know getting your body uh, ready for birth and um that kind of thing. Um, but I found them really good. Um, I know some people say they don't find them great, but I found her super. It depends who you have as it, well. It is, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I watched all the episodes of One Born Every Minute beforehand as well. And um, Stephen watched them as well with me sometimes. Kind of knew what I was in for, but obviously you don't know to the extent. <laughs> so... I kind of laboured all uh, through the night and the early morning then. And um, a young-ish domino midwife came to see me at, at about 10. And um, she had said, oh, would you like some pethidine? And I said, no, I, I kind of just want to be in control of myself. And I was kind of adamant that I didn't want any pain relief um, unless it was gas and air. I was adamant that I didn't want the epidural. I was terrified of needles. So I said, I'd rather try to do it myself than get the epidural. Um, I obviously wasn't against it, but I wanted to give it a go. So 
at 10 is she offered it to me and I said no I'll see how I go so then that was grand then at about 12 o'clock um she offered it to me again and I said no and I was still walking up and down and on the ball and trying everything else and then at about half one um, another midwife came uh, around to me and she said, oh, I think you're going to need to take something. You're kind of strolling a bit here. You're getting a bit tired. So I don't want to give Pethidine a go. And I said, OK, I'll give it a go. So as soon as they gave it to me, I knew it was the wrong decision. I absolutely hated it. If I felt like I wasn't present, but like I was a bit woozy, but I wasn't fully in control. And it made the contractions come 10 times faster. Um, and it was awful. Around that time, my mom had actually popped in to give Stephen a bit of a break. So he went down to get some food and a coffee. And my mom stayed up with me for about an hour, an hour and a half. And she had been timing my contractions. And they were coming every kind of three minutes. Um, and they were lasting about 60, 70 seconds. So I wasn't getting a whole lot of um, breast in between. Mm. and um again the midwife came and checked me and I was still one centimeter and um so at that stage I'd kind of gone in on myself a bit I had turned myself to the wall I had a bed beside a so I turned myself to the wall and I was just lying there in my own little world um trying to get through each contraction so then Stephen came back up at about half, three quarter to four. And he said, I'd lost control a little bit, you know, my breathing and stuff. So he knew that something was kind of changing. He had asked one of the other um, midwives uh, to come in and check. And so she got one of the domino uh, midwives to come back in and check me. And again, nothing had changed, but she uh, was brilliant. And she touched my. Um, whole body from my head to my shoulders to my hips to my knees to my toes and she said just relax each part of your body and she done that for about 10 minutes um and it made me relax as much as possible um so she left then for a few minutes and um my mom was still time the contractions and mom just said she could just see a change in my whole body she said to Stephen, oh, I think you better go get somebody. So um, the same midwife who had done the breathing exercise with me came back and she checked me and she says, OK, we need to go now. And um, will someone grab me a wheelchair? So uh, the wheelchair came and uh, Stephen and my mom packed up all my bits and I was wheeled down to the delivery suite. And they had the room all set up with the ball, the, the birthing ball on the uh, ground and the inco sheets and all around it. So um, I knelt on the on the ground with the birthing ball uh, with my stomach kind of on it. And uh, my partner kind of rolled it in circles. So I was um, kind of moving. Yeah. Um, she had actually checked me on the floor as well. And I had gone from three to seven centimeters from the time that I had left unit three to go down to uh, the delivery suite 
Okay. Wow. So they went out to get the delivery packs and stuff like that. Um, and to do some paperwork or something. And uh, my mom had actually sneakily asked, could she stay? And they said, yeah, you can stay. Oh, I'd love that. <laughs> in the armchair and say, not say a word. So mom was delighted then. And um, I turned to mom and I said, mom, I'm pushing. Like I just got this overwhelming need to push. Like it was involuntary. Like I was just mm. doing it. So um Mom ran out and said, you need to come back. They had a look and they said, yeah, okay. But um, I was pushing faster than she was coming on the floor. So they wanted me to get up onto the bed um, and her heart rate had dropped a little bit, but they weren't too concerned. So they um, had paged in for a doctor to come in just to check me over. And um, I was up in, on the bed and I was pu- I was still pushing and um, they said, oh, yeah, you're 10 centimetres anyway. And the doctor walked in and I'm sure he got a lovely sight. And um, he says, oh, I can see baby's head. You're absolutely grand. Good luck. And he turned around and walked back out. Oh, God. <laughs> so, like, you don't need my help. You're grand. <laughs> so um, then I pushed, I'd say, for less than 10 minutes. And she was here. And the when her head was crowning she said you want to um have a feel and I was I at before that I was like if they asked me I'm gonna say no way no way but um in the moment I I felt her head when she had crowned and then the next push and then she was out and she screamed straight away mm-hmm. and they put her straight up onto my chest and they let the cord um stay attached for a few minutes anyway she latched straight away Uh, and then um my they asked my mom to leave you know she had she'd seen enough (laughs) um and um just to give me and Stephen some time how did you feel how did you well I suppose you didn't want to have the epidural so you kind of had that so how did you yeah how did you feel the I felt I felt that the pushing stage wasn't as not that it wasn't as intense because it was but I felt I had just said previously I can't do this but I think that's when you know that you're just so close and I said give me the epidural and uh the midwife said no 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 you're nearly there you're nearly there and I was thinking no I'm not I'm ages away but lo and behold I wasn't um but um the pushing I found less intense than the contractions because I literally got no break whatsoever um, and I wasn't pushing for that long. So I wasn't as as exhausted as some other women might be pushing for an hour or whatever. So I was actually quite lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, now I did have a second degree tear, but I didn't actually feel, okay. feel it happening. You know, I just, you have to push. So I just pushed. Um, but they did the hot and cold compress on um, while she was drowning, um, oh, brilliant, yeah. which I which was nice, obviously. Um, yeah, so she latched straight away. She um, then they um, got seen to cut the cord, and um, they weighed her and all that stuff. So she was actually only seven eight 
So she wasn't a big baby whatsoever. So they gave Stephen skin to skin then while I was being stitched up and cleaned up and all that. And then as soon as I was done, they gave her back to me then and we had skin to skin. Oh, I'd say for about an hour or so. Um, because there was no real rush out of the room. Um, and the domino uh, room, they, I think they have a separate room to the other ones. There's a walk-in shower and stuff in that room. So um, I could go in and have a shower and get changed and all that. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, Stephen helped me uh, wash and get dressed or whatever. And then I had my tea and toast, but I actually felt really nauseous. I don't know if it was the adrenaline or the the shock, I suppose. Um, but yeah. um, I just had a sugary cup of tea and that kind of set me straight then. So I was happy out. Um, I was wheeled back up to the recovery uh, ward. Um, so I had her at, sorry, I should have said, um, I got down to the delivery suite at... Um, 10 past five and I had her at 601. So it was super quick. Um considering yeah. it took so long to dilate from one to three. You wanted to that midwife's attention, the the fact that she did the the guys really tapping, the way she touched you throughout your body and just helped you relax. Did that help? I don't know, but whatever she done, it helped anyway, because I had kind of lost control yeah. and not that I was I was kind of like slightly like groaning or you know that kind of way um and she came in and she said right let's get this under control and she did she was amazing and she was the midwife that actually delivered DB then as well um and I had met the other midwife in the um in my appointments you know in Braid throughout so I recognized her which was brilliant as well we had ages in the delivery uh suite after I only got wheeled up at about half nine, I think it was. Um, and then at about 10, they said to Stephen to hit the road because um, it was late enough. And a healthcare assistant actually uh, came over and helped me with breastfeeding for ages, which was really good. Um, she was, I think she was the same age as me. She helped me and she stayed with me until... You know, I'd done kind of a full, not a full feed, but, you know, for 15, 20 minutes or whatever. And she showed me different positions and stuff like that, um, which was very helpful. So and then we just got home the next day. So we were happy out. And how did you feel bringing home? I know from my experience, we were like, oh, my God, it, the, the drive wrecking. home was horrendous. Was crazy uh, crazy yeah. thing back on it. And we called into my partner's parents' house on the way home. Never again would I, would I do that. <laughs> God, you're very good. Um, um, just for, I suppose, a feed, nappy change. And then we hit the road then to um, to come home to Wexford then. Um, obviously, she slept the whole way, so it was grand. Um, and yeah, so I, I breastfed uh, for three months and then I com- uh, combi fed for six months then. Um, you know, I fed her during the night and stuff because she loved her comfort. Mm. So um so yeah, that was Evie. So did your period return within a couple of months then? Yeah, I think it was about five or six months um, then, yeah. And I had actually gone on the, I think it's called a mini pill. Um, 
after three months, I had um, went to the um, GP and said I would like to go on birth control. And um, because I was still feeding at the time, she, um, I can't remember the name of it, but she said it was the only pill safe for breastfeeding. Okay. So I stayed on that. And then after I finished breastfeeding, I went back and she said, have you had any issues with this? And I said, no, feel fine. And she said, okay, you may as well stick on it then. And I said, grand. So stuck to that pill then. And um, then in June, the end of June 2020, I remember um, texting my partner. I was actually on the way to Ikea with my mom. And I had sent him a text saying, I have these weird cramps. I said, I think I could be pregnant. Like I felt like it was the implantation uh, cramps. And um, he said, ah, surely not. You'll be fine. You've been on the on the pill. So that was grand. We kind of forgot about it for a week or so. And I said, no, I still have this, this feeling. So we went anyway and we got, um, we just went straight for the clear blue this time. And um, so flush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I... Um, peed in the cup and I left it in the bathroom and I said oh I think it's going to be negative and um so he said right I want to find out first so he had Evie in his arms so Evie was only 11 months at this stage so he went into the bathroom and he just came out and there was just tears around down his face and I was like oh my god it's positive and he said yeah and I said, oh, my God. And the first thing that came into my head, I was like, what are we going to do? And I wasn't instantly overjoyed mm. because it was a huge shock. I had, you know, expressed my concerns about the pill uh, to the GP, you know, after I finished breastfeeding. And look, I know nothing is 100%, um, but I just wasn't expecting to fall pregnant on oh, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um yeah so anyway it was it was positive and I was only one to two weeks so I was right when I had text my partner the week before um did you know your body yeah and I knew straight away and um so because it was uh COVID uh, the GPs weren't seeing you or anything at that stage so I think I had to wait until I was about nine weeks to go to the GP. Um, but we had actually already um, booked a private scan. They were still open at the time. So we um, got to make sure everything was okay. Um, and Stephen was able to come in again at about seven weeks or so, six, seven weeks. So, And at this stage, had you started to come to terms with, because it's a, when you're for like you know when you want to have your second or third child. Yeah. So when it's it such a shock, it's yeah. no, when yeah. it's such a shock, it can really knock you. Um, and it's hard to kind of see the joy in it. As you said, like you don't feel the immediate joy because it's not, you want to have that time with your first baby for a while, like which some, that's what we want as well. So how did you, when did you feel like the joy started to settle in and you kind of accepted or um, yeah, felt okay with it, I suppose. I think it took me a good few months. Yeah. yeah. I think it took maybe four months to kind of 
realize like okay this is this is happening mm-hmm. you know obviously we were delighted like but it just wasn't in our plan to have a baby so quickly yeah once and I suppose once you start feeling kicks and stuff like that it becomes real and of course you, you get excited um and like to have two babies close together like is brilliant like I'm an only child I never had that okay so, like it is brilliant um, like my partner comes from, he's one of nine. So like he has loads of siblings. So, um, and I missed that sibling growing up, I suppose, mm. you know, where I, I didn't know any different, but I would have liked to have a sibling. Um, so, um, yeah, so we had booked the, the private scan and because it was private, Stephen was able to come in with me even during COVID. Um, so that was, I think, six or seven weeks. And then we went to the GP. Um, but previously I'd had a, cons- a consultation over the phone. You know, him, he just asked me, was I feeling okay? You know, general questions. Mm. And then, um, so I didn't have my first appointment until I think it was 20 weeks, 21 weeks. Um, and my symptoms definitely weren't as bad this pregnancy so I kind of thought oh maybe I'm having a boy maybe it's not a girl but um, I my um, boobs were not sore whatsoever this this pregnancy um, in comparison to uh, the last one and uh, my nausea wasn't as bad either I was just wrecked and I suppose running after a toddler as well yeah that was going to be my next question did you go back to work or what did you do and uh no I hadn't gone back to work yet selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Okay. I had stayed at home um, with Evie and with COVID only. Um, yeah. COVID happening when she was seven, eight months. I ha- I just kind of, you know, left it for a while. Mm. Um so um I yeah, I was just wrecked. But once the first trimester was over, I was actually grand. Um so I went down to Wexford at 21 weeks to have the anatomy scan um by myself. Obviously, partners weren't allowed in. Um so they done it really thorough scan and they print off loads of pictures you know to give to show your partner mm. I suppose because they're missing out um and then from then on I had uh, mentioned that about the domino scheme um again and that I would like to have an actual birth if possible um again this time so they said yeah that was grand so I uh, went to my appointments then local um in a clinic um which again was handy and they done the uh, glucose tolerance tests and stuff in the clinic as well. Um, so, and I came back negative again this time. Um, I had asked about a water birth, but my oh, BMI yeah. was 0.1 percentage over the, you know, the, what they allow. Yeah. Um, I know all hospitals are different. But um, point one, let that slide. Yeah, she said, I'll be, and they had uh, weighed me at my 20 week scan, which I just think is ridiculous. Um, so they said, I'm really sorry, it's off the cards. And I kind of tried and tried and tried every single appointment, but there was just no go. Um, I meant to say, in Evie's um labor, I spent majority of the time in the shower I loved it so I was hoping I could do the same um this time so um my bump got increasingly larger very quick and um I started to suffer with pelvic girdle pain and even getting up off the floor was a nightmare getting in and out of bed I felt I found really tough um and I just became slower, I suppose. Towards the end, I had kind of felt that um, my bump was kind of misshaped. Um, it's kind of hard to describe. It felt as if um, she was kind of stuck under my rib cage a little bit. I had expressed the concern to the midwife towards the end of my pregnancy and she said, oh, it's grand, baby's not engaged. Usually on the second um, pregnancy, uh, they don't engage until the very last minute, you know, because there's space or your body's done it before. So I thought, okay, grand, that was fine. So I was due on the 24th of March and um, I'd had it, which was a Wednesday. So she had offered me a sweep on the Wednesday but it didn't work because she wasn't engaged at the time. So she couldn't do it. I don't know what way it works, Mm. I suppose. 
Um, so anyway, that didn't do anything. Um, and so for the next few days, I spent the days curb walking and up and down the stairs and on the ball. And um, on the Sunday, then I went in again and she gave me another sweep and said she still wasn't engaged. Um, but she gave it a go and was sent home. And then she had said the next appointment on the Tuesday, they will make a induction, a date for me then to go in. So I really, I suppose I didn't want to be induced because I thought I was going to have another natural um, delivery this time. And I suppose you just hear some bad stories, some are positive, some are bad. Uh, but you just hold on to the bad induction uh, mm, yeah. stories. And um, so that was the Sunday. So um, the Monday morning, at quarter past eight, my waters broke. The same kind of pop that I heard the last time. So I got up and had a shower and rang Exford and they said, Osher, come in and we'll have a check and have a look and see what's going on. So my uh, mom took Evie and Stephen drove me down. So we got there at about half nine, I'd say, 10 o'clock. And um, I was met by an older midwife and she took me in and she'd done a trace for half an hour. And again, the contractions kind of started straight away, but they were fine. They were, you know, manageable. And she done the trace for half an hour or so and um, then examined me and she said, oh, you're not in labor. Your waters haven't broken. And maybe it was just your show. And I hadn't, not that I remember, hadn't had a show on Evie. So I wasn't really sure what to expect if I did have one this time, but I was pretty certain that it was my waters because it was a lot. And um, she said, oh, no, your waters haven't gone. And I said, okay, that's grand. You can head home then. So I headed home. I was kind of a bit deflated, you know, because I thought, oh, I thought that was my waters gone, but she had said that it wasn't. So I carried on as normal then for the day but I was getting uh, contractions every five or six minutes but again they were fine um and I had a nice long bath and I had showers and I had a a a nap and my partner had taken Evie out for the the day just to kind of give me some space and I kind of knew in my head I said this like this is the start of labor and this is the same way it started off on Evie. It just took a long time to kind of get going. Mm. So then kind of throughout the day, they kind of stopped and started. And um, that went on for that went on for the whole day. And then my mom had offered to take Evie uh, that night because she just had a feeling that I was going to go into labor. So um, myself and Stephen had dinner and I had showers throughout the evening then and we hopped into bed and they kind of stopped at this stage like there was nothing and I thought oh here we go it's going to be you know stop and start for the next few days but um at about half 10 they started again and they came with a bang like every three or four minutes like intense and I thought okay this has to be it 
So I lay in bed. I don't know how I lay in bed thinking I'm back on it for three hours, getting contractions every three or four minutes. And Stephen was fast asleep beside me. And I thought, oh, if they if I wake up, wake him up and we go in and they tell me that my waters haven't gone and they ha- and I'm not in labor, I'll just feel real deflated. Mm. You know, I'll just lose all motivation. So I was trying to hold on to the very last second. So at half one, I woke Stephen up. I said, I can't do this anymore. I'm struggling. And I showed him all the contractions that I had on my phone. And he was like, have you been contracting all this time? And I've been asleep. I was like, I'm surprised you haven't heard me in the bed beside you. So anyway, I got up and I had a shower and I was really hesitant on going back in because I wasn't sure if this was it. And... um. He said, no, come on, we have to go in and see what the story is. Like, you're struggling. So the the drive to the hospital was horrendous. Um, it's a back road from our house into Wexford. So, like, there's bumps, there's bends, there's oh. potholes, there's you name it. So um, I was bopping around the front of the car like I don't know what, getting contractions the whole way. And um, he dropped me off at the front door and he obviously had to go wait in the car park because of um, COVID. So he said, give me a buzz and keep me updated. So I took um, just my little bag with me, you know, had nighty um, baby's first outfit, you know, just in case. And bits and bobs kind of that I would need straight away. So um, I was hobbling down the corridor and the hospital was empty. There was nobody in it. I couldn't see anybody. I hadn't a clue really where I was going because I hadn't actually been down to the labor wards. Okay. And the scanning uh, rooms are a totally different part of the hospital. So I hadn't a clue where I was going. I was in labor, walking down the corridor and actually a construction worker came over and I had a bottle of water and my bag and I was struggling walking down the corridor and he comes over and he's like um are you okay I was like uh yeah I'm grand and I had to stop every few minutes to hold on to the wall to let the contraction pass and he said here give me your bag and your bottle of water and give me your arm so he actually walked me the whole way down to the to the um delivery street this was at half three in the morning and um was he talking to you what was he saying to you he didn't really know what to say he (laughs) had a big southern accent he was like oh you're all right love (laughs) I was like yeah I just need to stop here for a second and then again I have to just keep stopping and like it was about a five or six minute walk oh yeah 15 minutes so he uh, rang the buzzer and stuff and all in for me and made sure I got in Okay, which was so lovely. And um, I was then met by a midwife who I'd met in my previous um, appointments. And um, she brought me into a room and she put me on the trace. And for about half an hour and lying on on the bed with the trace on is awful when you're contracting. Like, it's horrendous. So... She said, oh, I'm just going to give you a check there now. And I said, oh, please just tell me I'm just more than one centimeter dilated and that my waters have gone. And she said, OK, I have good and bad news. 
She said, good news is you're five centimeters dilated. Um, oh, wow. Uh, bad news is she's showing f- your waters have gone and you're showing she's showing a facial presentation. OK, so obviously I hadn't a clue what that was and never heard of it before. So she says, can you ring your partner, please, and tell him to come in with your stuff? I said, OK, so I didn't realize the severity of it at the time. So I rang Stephen and I said, can you park the car and hurry in? And he said, oh, what's wrong? What's wrong? I said, I'll explain or the midwife will explain when you get here. So he said, she said, I just have to call the doctor to come down with a scanning machine if that's OK. And I said, yeah, do whatever you have to do. So um, while she was examining me, she actually said, oh, your baby's sucking my finger. And I kind of thought, OK, like that's weird. The baby should be coming head first, you know, like the crown like the top of the head so I thought oh something's wrong here and but she kind of stayed calm and kept me calm so the doctor came in and he gave uh, my belly a scan and um, he said can you ring a theater and get organized and as soon as I heard that I thought I freaked out freaked out I said hold on a second what's going on and um, he just said we can't deliver. You can't have your baby naturally. Um, I'm afraid. And I said, why? And he said, um, she's coming out sideways. Her neck was actually, every time I contracted, her neck was bending around like my pelvis and her face was coming out first like this and her neck was getting stuck at my pelvis. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. And he was like, we don't have an awful lot of time. So I was freaking out. And um, so the, I think he was an assistant, a surgeon assistant or something. He came in, you know, with the, with the forms um, and read out all the, the, um, I suppose the possibilities of what could go wrong and made me sign mm-hmm. and all that. Um and you're still contracting away. I was still contracting. I was yeah. five centimeters. Um, so they mm. were coming, you know, pretty strong and fast. And of course, I had painted my toenails uh, right before, um, you know, thinking I was going to have a lovely natural delivery. So mm. um, they handed Stephen some nail varnish remover to start scrubbing. And the, the socks, the flight socks or the, you know, the big green stockings. And um, it was a rush. I had to get my COVID test. I had to get bloods done. They had to um, give me some medication to um, neutralize the acid in my stomach because I'd eaten. Because I didn't know I was okay. going for a section. You know, I'd eaten, say, at eight or nine o'clock that night, you know, previously. Um, and um, it was a huge rush. I was stripped off in the middle of the room, bared everything. And they whipped on the gown and the hat and the whole shebang. And then it was a rush to theatre then. And um, I was terrified of getting the epidural. That was my big fear. Yeah, that's, yeah. My biggest fear was getting the epidural. Um, but I knew it needed to be done. So... Um, 
And also when he'd read out the, you know, there's a possibility of a hysterectomy. You know, I know that's worst case scenario. I turned to Stephen and I just started bawling, crying. I was like, no, don't take it away. Don't take it away. He was like, no, no, that's worst case scenario. We'll do whatever we can. You know, that's, I just have to, you know, let you know. So I said, okay. So um, Stephen walked down with me to, you know, the the entrance of the theatre. So um, he obviously wasn't allowed to come in at that time. So they transferred me onto the theatre bed, which is really narrow. And you think you're going to fall off. But um, they, um, Anissa, this came in, she introduced herself and she was so lovely. And I had said, I'm really scared of getting the epidural, like terrified. This is my worst nightmare. And she said, look, you won't feel it. You'll be fine. Just stay calm. So there was a lovely uh, porter uh, came over and um, he held my shoulders down, hunched over the, the, um, the bed uh, to keep me still and he was telling me his whole life story just to keep me calm mm-hmm. and um the anesthetist tried um to get the sorry the spinal block um I think it's different to the epidural she tried the spinal block first which is from the chest down I think and she um tried to get that in for over an hour but couldn't get it um, and you were contracting this whole contracting time the whole time <gasps> leaning over and this porter was telling me his whole life and uh, every time they hit a nerve my leg would shoot up you know because it was involuntary they'd hit a nerve mm-hmm. and my knees would just you know go and they're like oh try not to move try not to move and I was saying that's completely involuntary I don't even know that I'm doing that and um, so after an hour, they called uh, the main anesthetist down and tried to, he tried to get it in and no luck. So then they said they were going to try the epidural. So they tried the epidural then and because I think it goes into a different spot in your back. Okay. And um, with the spinal uh, block, they have to find a certain um, range in your back or something I could be totally wrong but um, the epidural is more um, they have a better chance of getting it in so they tried and they got it in um, but it didn't work it failed I could still feel everything so they were pulling on my skin with um, not a pliers but you know some instrument and I could still feel everything they do the cold water uh, test on your leg I could still feel everything um, so in the meantime, um, the midwife was still um, keeping an eye on baby. You know, she had mm. the Doppler and she was um, making sure that her heart rate and stuff was still fine. And um, she was happy out. So. So were you were you continuing to dilate or was she stuck there? She was kind of stuck. And um, be, I'm not sure if it was the 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 shock. I My contractions yeah. had kind of slowed down a little bit at that time after you know, I suppose just sitting there hunched over, like mm. she couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't go anywhere. They had not that they had stopped by, by any means, but they had kind of slowed down. And I was kind of putting that down to the shock of it. Yeah. Um, and um 
I just kept saying to them, will you go let uh, Stephen know that I'm okay? Because he was sitting out, hadn't a clue why it was taking so long. You know, no one had let him know that, you know, he was gowned up ready to go to come in to me. Um, and he was sitting outside for an hour and a half, not knowing what was going on. So I said, can you please just let him know that I'm okay? And like, baby's not here yet. So um, they sent someone out to let him know that I was fine. And um, he could kind of see in a window um, in the room. They have a little room where they bring the baby after theatre. He could kind of see from the window that I was still kind of hunched over, but it was only a tiny little gap in the window. Um, so he knew the baby wasn't here yet. And um, so they said, um, we're just going to give this two more minutes. And if it's um, not working, we're going to have to put you to sleep. And I just was like, so I just wanted her out, but I just never thought I'd have to be put to sleep. Mm-hmm. And um, so they gave it two more minutes. And they, again, they did the cold water test and um, they were just about to actually start. And um, I said, no, stop. I can still feel it. Like he had the instrument in his hand ready to go. And I said, no, I can still feel absolutely everything. Please don't. And um, the anesthetist uh, just leaned over like from the back of me. And she says, I'm really sorry, but you're going to have to go sleep now. So she put the mask over my face and she said, count back to 10 and, you know, just have a little rest. Mm. So tears are just rolling down my face as she was putting the mask on and um so she put the mask on and I was obviously gone within a few seconds but um yeah so it just took ages it was not the nicest thing to experience I suppose um and Stephen could actually see through the gap um, me sleep on the table you know he could see like the tape on my eyes and the breathing tube down my throat um, which wasn't pleasant for him no. either uh, but he knew that I was okay you know the midwife um, had come out and said look this isn't great but she will be fine baby's fine you know this is just everything that has gone wrong um, or everything that could have gone wrong has gone wrong so um, she was born three minutes um, after I felt I was put asleep. So they got her out super quick. And uh, Stephen said he could hear her roar as soon as um, she was born. And um, she was much bigger than Evie. So she was 814. So a huge difference. Um, so... Uh, the midwife gave um, her to Stephen straight away and Stephen had skin on skin for two hours. Um, so he was in his element. He thought that was brilliant. Um, and um, she screamed from the moment she came out until the moment she was given a bottle. So um, because I was um, still asleep, um, Stephen had said, oh, um, she wants to breastfeed. Um, and the midwife had said, look, she's absolutely starving. Um, Luca's still unconscious. Like, do you think you'll be okay if you gave her a ball? And Seam said, yeah, like that should be fine. 
you know, you have to do what you have to do. Yeah. So yeah. they gave her one of the little um, aftermill balls and she finished the whole thing. Like, <laughs> gone. <laughs> so um, she was born at 5.50 a.m. Um, and I only woke up at 10 to 8. I came around. So I came around and I just remember uh, the um, Anissa this came over. She's like, good morning. It's time to wake up now. And I just remember this lovely feeling of the warm uh, radiator they put under the, they give you like a foil blanket to keep you um, warm. And I just remember the warm fan underneath the blanket. It was the nicest feeling ever. It was like I was floating on a cloud, but I was I was still kind of out of it as well. And um, the pain was intense. I had never felt anything like it before. Um, I'd never had surgery or anything before, so I wasn't sure what to expect. So they kept me still in the theatre until half eight until I kind of came around a little bit more and they gave me some sips of water and stuff like that and um they wheeled me then into the uh, recovery uh room um and Stephen had already Stephen was in there already with um Remy and um he just he walked over with her and I met her then at I think it was about 20 to 9 or so and um he put he gave me a cuddle then obviously I couldn't move I was still lying flat on the on the bed um the minute I've come over and helped her latch straight away then and she latched instantly and um yeah we just had a cuddle for a few minutes and then they put her back into the um, little uh, cot beside me just because I was still feeling a bit like shaky. Yeah, after a general, it takes days to recover. I felt hungover. Is, yeah. Or no, like I had the spinnies. You know, if you have too much to drink mm. and you just have the spinnies. But then it was like the worst hangover I'd ever had Um, as well. And... I just had this like fog. It was like a fog in front of me for the two days. It, it was weird. And um, with COVID uh, and things like that, Stephen had to leave straight away. So they just asked him to leave. And we only got about 10 minutes together, maybe if even. Because um, he had obviously had time with Remy while I was coming around. So you know, he had met her and had a cuddle and all that. Um, but I only seen him for 10 minutes, I'd say. And he was asked to leave then. And then I was just left my own devices. So what, did you have support to help you get her in and out of the crib beside you? Or what happened there? Because you were in so much pain and you were still obviously very groggy from the general. I had the, um, the red, the buzzer, but... To be honest, I didn't feel the support was great. Okay. Um, again, it was super busy. They were understaffed. Um, there was only one midwife for the two um recovery um rooms, and there was well, there was five beds in ours. I'm I'm just assuming there's five beds in the other one. 
So there was one midwife for 10 mm. moms and babies, you know, so like it, it's busy. Yeah. Um, but no, I didn't feel that there was huge support, to be honest. Um, the first time I wanted to feed her, I rang the buzzer and yes, they came over and they uh, handed her to me. Um, but I kind of just kept her in my arms then, you mm. know, and whenever she wanted to feed, I, I fed her. Um, and I, I, I couldn't get out of bed, you know, to be honest, so I couldn't put her back in. So I had no choice but just to keep her beside me. Yeah. Um, and I had pulled a cot uh, beside me and put a pillow down the side. So, you know, just to give me more stability um, and peace of mind that she wasn't going to fall out. Um, but then after a few hours, they had taken the catheter out and they had given me my tea and toast. So I kind of come around a bit more then and I was able to sit up. And once I was able to sit up, I was kind of grand, you know, she snuggled on my chest the whole time, really. Um, but getting up to go to the loo and to have a shower and stuff, there was no help at all for, for any of the other new moms in the room. You know, we all had to kind of fend for ourselves. Um, now, we had a, a toilet and a shower in our room um, and we couldn't leave the room once we were in there because of COVID. So um like the loo was only a two second walk away but you didn't want to ring the buzzer to ask for help to only go literally yeah. just there um but all the other moms felt the same um as well um you know so we kind of looked out for one another okay you know if, if their baby was crying or you know whatever but um yeah like the midwives were lovely but I just felt that I kind of had to fend for myself I suppose and when did you go home I went home two days later I had asked the um surgeon and he came to see me the next day and checked me over and all that and um I asked to go home on the Thursday. So I had it the Tuesday morning and I went on the Thursday afternoon. Um, but um, she, on the Wednesday, the Tuesday, Wednesday, she fed from morning to night. And um, my nipples were cracked and they were bleeding. And it was my toes curled every time she wanted to latch. Like they... Honestly, I got a cold shivers the whole way up my body when she latched. It was awful, but I knew I just had to stick, you know, two or three days and it would be, it would get better. And because I had the same on Evie as well, but this just seemed so much worse. I think the whole package was just so much worse. And so I did give her a formula bottle to give them a break for uh, an hour or two but um she was just starving the whole time the whole time she fed from morning to night until I got home and she still fed from morning to night for the first few weeks she was unbelievable she was not like Evie at all Evie would sleep and snuggle and feed and Remy just fed 
20 hours of the day. She was unbelievable. <laughs> and I suppose there was such a big size difference. So maybe that that's why. But um, she's great. And I'm still uh, breastfeeding, but she does also get a bottle as well because I could not possibly uh, keep up. Sit her up. No, no way. No way. But yeah. <laughs> so all in all, um, the midwives were so lovely, but the, I suppose, the helper, the support wasn't there because I think they were just understaffed. Mm, but it sounds it was things, so busy. yeah. You know, it was just so busy. And just happened to be on the days that I was there. You know, maybe it's not like that all the time. Not 100% sure. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I'll be sharing an additional episode this week. And I have two episodes coming out next week as well. So loads for your walks uh, over Christmas. Chat to you soon. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.